Superman one. I drawing a blank. It's a lot of Superman cards here. Bruce Timble? Yeah, yeah. Introduced a lot of Superman cards. Really like it. Yeah. just happened the podcast that makes Rick Rowling cool again <laughs> did you see that one? before I opened it I'm like I'm gonna get fucking Rick rolled right now <laughs> and, and I clicked it and like three seconds went by and I'm, it popped up and of course I said to myself 
Well done, Rodney. Because there was no there was no guessing as to whether it was you or David. I'm like, this is a fucking Rodney thing if I've ever seen it. Yeah, we needed more April Fool stuff. Yes. I scared Maria about five times today. So that's, <laughs> I can I can never get away with it. So this is as good as I can get. Yeah, we didn't want to do the whole uh, put on Facebook. Hey, we're pregnant because like everybody did that like two years ago. I think last year I did the whole. Uh, unfortunately, we have to cancel the show. Yeah, I think, so. I think we lost a few listeners. <laughs> Edgar was devastated with that. He's like, "Fuck you." And I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. So, uh, as you can tell, it's just myself and Rami Sinio today. Pre-recording at the FTC, editing at the FTC and Lazarus Space <laughs> Studios. <laughs> Shout out to Adam for the help last week. Barely. I you, did what two segments. You won't even notice. <laughs> I changed nothing. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that you know. I was I was actually very worried. I was like, oh man, if I don't live up to Rodney's standards, he's gonna be like, you know what? I, don't worry about the editing. I still got it. <laughs> The student has become the learned student. Well, jumping ahead to shout outs. Shout out to you for teaching me how to edit. That was, uh... See, and even now, now that I've edited, I want to say to myself, no more us, no more gaps in the recording, <laughs> just to make it a little bit easier. trying to make less work for yourself. For both of us now. You're going to be cherry picking the uh, segments that you have. <laughs> so you're going to be jumping shit in like... And then the other day I went to the store, like just to fill in a little bit of a gap. But... Dead air, dead air. <laughs> more editing. Drink. Oh, wrong shot. Um, but we're submitting for your approval your weekly source of audio debauchery in an army of two format. I'm Rodney Sinio, of course. And again, I'm Adam Flores. And uh, happy April Fools! It's April Fools' yeah. Day. Happy digital copy of Star Wars release day. I might just go home and buy that. I don't know if I could wait for Tuesday. You sure it's not a prank? No. See, I can't. I can't get it yet. It goes with my whole box set thing. Look at it this way: the amount of money that you would spend on a digital copy would be the amount of money that you would spend to go see it in the theater. So if you would see it in the theater one more time, what's one more time and you can keep watching it forever? I'm just mean, I need to have the box set. Like, I have to wait until episode 7, 8, and 9 come out before I can buy any of those movies. Well, okay. So let's say in the time from now until the box set comes out, would you pay to go see it in the theater again? Sure. So what difference is it that you're paying for the digital copy? Because then I'll have a hard copy to watch. Because I know I'm not just going to watch it one more time. I'm going to watch it over and over again. But I want to be able to take it upstairs into my room and watch it on my TV and stuff. Yeah, now you can watch it on your phone, your Surface, TV, PlayStation. How am I supposed to watch? I can't watch it on my TV upstairs in my bedroom. Do you have a Galaxy S7 now? So, yeah, you can. You just need a Chromecast or a Samsung hotspot. But then I got to pay for a Chromecast. Worth it. Is it? Absolutely worth it. Ask Caesar. We'll see. Chromecast, if you want to send us some checks for them to the FTC. Speaking of watching things, alright, fuck it. We're gonna be bouncing around. I'm gonna bounce around a little bit. Speaking of watching shit, for whatever reason, shout out to Ryan Madigan. Let's just jump in shout outs. <laughs> shout out to Ryan Madigan. <laughs> you wanted to make editing easier. You're editing this whole podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Madigan for the Dragon Balls that he bought us. Not a euphemism. Bought us actual Dragon Balls and stitched. Well, I mean, they're the not felt pillows for actual it. Dragon Balls. No, they're actual ones. I'm going to punch people in the face and steal the Dragon Balls around the world just so I could get my wish. Like like he gutted a Komodo dragon, ripped its balls out, and gave them to us? Whatever it takes. So ever since then, I've been wanting to watch Dragon Ball Z from the beginning. Well, hold on. Okay, let's get this straight. It's not just Dragon Balls. It's six-star Dragon Balls. Yes. Correct. The best Dragon Balls, as far as I'm concerned. Excuse me. Uh, now, I've been wanting to watch Dragon Ball Z from the beginning, but it's so hard to find. You can't just find it on YouTube. I don't want to have to pay to watch them. I don't want to pirate them because that is illegal. <laughs> But I just want to watch them. So if anybody out there has the DVDs that I can... I would like to borrow somebody else's fucking movies for once. That'd be nice. Besides David Merkel, who let me borrow the prestige. We should have went to went to Comic-Con and looked. I'm sure they had them there. I didn't think about it. Which, by the way, did you know that... Uh, I had no idea Summer was at Comic-Con. Shout out to Summer and uh, Something Gate. And, really? Yeah. Huh. That sadistic fucking lady. <laughs> I, I almost said sadistic bitch, but I didn't want to go there. Also, shout out to Maria for all the things that she knows about. Mm. In two weeks will be our anniversary, so we'll get to talk about that, blah, blah, blah. And it will be Sussie's third birthday, so right. we got a little bit of time for that shout-out, but... You guys going out to dinner for your anniversary? No, because we were we had Sessy the day before, so that kind of trumps the dinner card. Yeah, but we we are planning out. I'm planning on doing something for us that I can't tell anyone yet. Russ knows about it, but that's about it. Gotcha. I think that's about it. Shout out to my parents who are, who actually just came by and they're hanging out with the kids right now. Even though it's their bedtime, my parents had to see them. So my dad, he's like, it's been two weeks since I've seen the kids. So it's nice. It's nice for them to see. Them. All right, go ahead. Uh, quickly, no breaks. 
<laughs> obligatory, obligatory shout out to my wife, just because of the obligatory shout out. The wife. Uh, shout out to my kids. Shout out to Jason, who just realized two of his favorite things are actually combined into one: dinosaurs and transformers. I just taught him about the Dinobots this week. Nice. He knows all their names. Knows what kind of dinosaurs there are. And, Proud dad moment. Yeah. Proud nerd dad moment. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my my daughter. Talia. I forgot what funny thing she did this week. But She's hilarious. Just her, because. Her expressions alone are worth everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shout out to my goddaughter also, Eliana, who they fights over Talia for my attention when I get home. So that's a good feeling. This is probably the last time that two women fought over either of us. Yeah. <laughs> or the only time. Fuck it. All right. So. Oh, yeah. Birthday shout outs. Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Jose. Jose. April 9th. That's right. Gotta Happy have birthday. him uh, back on the podcast. Shout out to uh, Shannon. Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. So, Shan. Remember the Uchi community. Shout out to my friend Jackie, uh, Stephanie, and uh, Nikki B. Birthday's coming up. Happy birthday, y'all. Okay. So. Let's jump right into the meat and potatoes of this episode. The reason why we're having an army of two. Batman versus Superman. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. There's no now, S. It's you said you're, you're, you said you were team Batman, right? Yeah. See, I'm more team Superman, but I had great faith in Affleck as Batman. And let me say, just from the jump of this movie, he did not disappoint as Batman at all to me. No. First impression of the movie, my thoughts, it really could have been two movies. Of course. Batman could have had a standalone movie. Yeah. The parts that had the Batfleck, I wish were longer, drawn out, you know, maybe less CGI and maybe, you know, I like slow motion action cam. Um, I think Marvel does a great job of that, doing that and uh, DC does not. I think DC just gets it in the can and just... Zack Snyder, man. He, the way he does slow motion is unlike any other person I've ever seen. Like, if you watch 300 again, drink every time there's a slow-mo shot and you will get drunk in the first half hour. But I don't feel like there were enough slow-mo shots in this movie. But granted, it had to, you know, they probably had to fit in the two and a half hours because they decided to make two movies into one. But um, visually, overall, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. We're going to start from the beginning. We're going to do episode six shit. Yeah, we could break it down. Okay, beginning of the movie. The death of Martha that comes into play later on. And shout out Thomas to, Wayne. Shout out to Lauren Cohen. Yeah. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, Maria called it before I did. But do we really need to see <laughs> Uncle Ben? Already, yeah. Thomas and Martha, they've gotta be sick of being killed off. <laughs> At this point, they've died more times than Jean Grey. Right, so what happened to your parents? They died. Moving on. Like, that's it. You can just sum it up in words. Once upon a time, there was this young man named Bruce. We know. We all know what happened. I know I know. everyone wants to get that story across, and everyone wants a chance to do that iconic scene. Just like every artist always draws that. Enough with the pearls and the Joe Chill and the, the close-up of the gun. Oh, a bullet's coming out. We all know what happened. I'm glad they stuck it in the credits so we didn't have to mull through a scene, an actual scene of it, but we could have done without it. And we'll get to that in the movie. There's a ton of shit that we could have done without in this movie. Actually, I think she was a good part of the movie. We're going to get to that. So, let me ask you this. Were you as surprised as I was when the bats just started lifting him up? Yeah. I'm like, is he fucking flying from the currents of the bats? Is Are you crazy? And already I was like, no. No, yeah. they fucked up this movie. Oh, by the way, spoiler alerts up the fucking ass for this, by the way. Because it's gonna get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Stop listening now. <laughs> Actually, okay, I'll recommend the movie. You know, it's worth a watch. It. Watch it one time at least. I'm not gonna pay to see it twice. Absolutely not. It is for the for the great over the top dramatic and beautifully shot scenes, it's worth seeing in the theaters. Absolutely. One time. Yeah. After that, wait for the Blu-ray, the DVD if you Hated the movie that much. All right, so you get him flying with the bats, which I was like, <laughs> "DC fucked up again." Stupid. But then he wakes up, and I was like, "Unnecessary." Okay, nah. Okay, at least it was a dream. So. I mean, it's not even exposition at this point. But you know what? This reminded me of the whole opening sequence in Batman Begins. Why he had fall, Bruce? Yeah. yeah. Well, that and it dawned on me. I completely blocked this out of my mind in Batman Begins. He had some sort of stupid control over the bats where he could get the bats to just show up and help him out. And it didn't dawn on me until I was watching the scene. That was a stupid part of Batman Begins. <laughs> and Just add that in there. That was a stupid part of that yeah. movie. And, and at some point, I think somebody must have realized it because... He never had that ability in the other Never did it again. Two, yeah, never did it again, which is probably a good thing. I think that was in Batman Year One, though, which is an underrated comic. Still a stupid idea. <laughs> 
So after that, we get to see Ben Affleck and all his Bruce Wayneery. Is um, he, was he the best Bruce Wayne? I think um, I think Ben Affleck was good enough to convey the disdain that he had for Superman in about a third of that next scene. I don't care about him driving around in the city, yeah. frantic about the building. Yep, the buildings are coming down. Okay, we don't need Ben Affleck in the car. We don't. Need we were him. there. We know what happened in the first movie. Yeah, we don't need him rushing towards the rubble with like nine eleven flashbacks. We don't need him him emerging from the rubble without any dust on him. Magically, not magically. He's Batman. You know, we don't need the whole, okay, I guess you the guy with his legs getting chopped off. Okay, that was, you know, a big deal. Okay, they throw in the little girl for sympathy, and, oh, Batman's really mad, but... I did like the part where he's screaming on the phone just to get that... Like, you could have... That could have been simple shots through the credits, even. Everyone knows who Ben Affleck's playing. You don't fucking need to set him up as Bruce Wayne. You don't need it. That would have been a better opening sequence. Yeah, just, hey, here's what happened in the last movie credits. And it would have been nice to have the movie pick up where the last movie left off. I didn't need Perry White arguing with Clark Kent every 10 seconds about a story about the Batman. You could have left all that out. Okay, this is another thing that bothered me. So, Lois and Clark are working at the plans together. They're also sharing an apartment. Everybody knows that Lois is in somewhat involved with Superman, but yet here's Clark Kent who also lives with her. No one was able to put the two and two together? Really? Really? So... We get to see Lois in the bathtub. Well, first, they're in the Middle East, right? Is that the next scene? Yeah. She's in the Middle East interviewing some guy. There ends up being some kind of transponder or something in her book that she's unaware of. Uh, in the camera. In, I don't know if it was Jimmy Olsen or meant to be Jimmy Olsen. No, it wasn't meant to be Jimmy Olsen. No. Just some reporter who yeah. ends up being with the FBI. Yeah. Which, that was a little confusing. Okay, so the FBI busted themselves, or the military was trying to set up the FBI, or they're just trying to make Superman look bad? Like Yeah, uh, that whole sequence, I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Because it, it just looked like Superman came down, saved the day, which was a cool scene when like he crash-landed and stuff, and just made that guy basically nothing. And I'm actually glad that, uh, I'm glad that uh, Superman came in selfishly to save his girlfriend, because why wouldn't he? I'm glad they didn't go for the, uh, he's uh, too much of a poster boy to, to do something like that because I mean that would legitimately be what Superman would do I mean he'd, he'd yeah. act selfishly um, it's not to say that he kills the guy or anything yeah I just don't like emo Superman which we'll get to so then then we have Batman apprehending the criminals they show that part where he's up hiding in like the corner which was a great shot great shot unlike David Merkel I really love this Batman costume I love how much it mirrors the Dark Knight it's very Frank Miller-esque. Yeah. Which, you know, we knew. So, we get to see the Batman actually there in action in his, you know, I'm Batman. But without doing the Batman voice like that. We get to see Alfred messing with the helmet. The voice modulator. Here's something that I don't understand. There's only been one movie that's ever really tried to capture it that well. And it was about a 10 second thing. Which was when Christian Bale reconfigured the bullet and shot that Gatling gun into a different piece of cement. It's like, oh, he's doing detective work. Fucking final. Can we please not have any more... I, I know you appreciate it. We don't need another workout montage of Bruce Wayne. We see that he's huge. Take a shirt off. Boom. That's all you... He works out. We don't need to see him working out. Have him working on, like, opening up a forensic book or something like that. We need to show people that he's smart. That it's not it's not about his muscles that make him, quote-unquote, the greatest hero of all time. And that it's, was a pretty badass workout mentality. It was. Yeah. And I, and I pre- appreciate the badassery. I haven't really decided on what kind of Alfred I like better. The proper butler English chap, like, uh, what's his name? Michael King. Michael King. Size of a tangerine. Or if I like the badassery, uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, where it's kind of like an older Tony Stark, like a retired Tony Stark. Yeah. Who's a bit of a badass, probably a good medic and a good technician, more of a help to Bruce. Just not a field guy. Um, I do kind of like that aspect of uh, what they tackled in this movie. So then, if my memory serves me correctly, we get to arguably the worst part of this movie. And that's when the senator meets Lex Luthor, who is long-haired with a t-shirt playing fucking basketball in his own building. Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, I I think um, 
I liked that they put the montage together where they're just basically, I need your wish list. And, uh, you know, they went through very quick, all right, I need the corpse, I need the kryptonite, I need the lab, I need access to the ship, blah, blah, blah. It was a nice exposition as opposed to him organically getting all of these things together because that would have taken forever. But can we talk about how crappy he was as Lex Luthor? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would rather him be more of an asshole than, oh, quirky. Yeah. He's not the Riddler. He's not supposed to speak in fortune cookies, okay? He's supposed to be... Shout out to Nelson, who said that Jeff Bridges was the best Lex Luthor, but he ended up playing Obadiah Stane. Like, the character of Obadiah Stane in Iron Man 1 was the best Lex Luthor that you could have had. That's a good point. And it really was. I was like... Wow, that's good. Now, I mean, he did pull it off in the end, which we'll eventually get to the sinisterness yeah. of Lex Luthor. It took him a while to get there, but I didn't need quirky Lex Luthor. I, I didn't need I didn't need stuttering through a toast Lex Luthor. Yeah. I don't I don't need the whole you know what the oldest blah 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 is? I was already sick of that line the first time I heard it, so that and the the red coats are coming. The red coats are coming. Like will you sh- Who says that? Like who just sits around and talks to another person that way. It's somebody that wrote that down in a script. I'm like, that's a pretty good line. No, you're wrong. Fire. I think it was Zack Snyder's brother that wrote that. Scott Snyder. I, I wanted a cold, calculating, evil genius. Like the one he played in The Social Network where he's like, you get a fraction of my attention. You get a tenth of my, you know, that whole monologue that he did. If he did that the whole movie, would have been a great Lex Luthor. And bald. I don't need to see... Freaking, he looked like uh, Sean William Scott in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Just, I was completely unimpressed with his performance. And every time he's on screen, I literally just said, ugh, because I, I didn't want to see him. I didn't, like, did not. And jumping ahead, when I first saw that he was messing with the Zod body, I thought he was going to try to form some kind of... I thought he was going to actually get access to the suit and form some kind of exoskeleton body armor like he had everywhere else. And I thought he was going to square off against them, which would have been a great fight because then Batman would have been able to do something. Yeah. You know, you could have had him fight Batman and then get in the suit and then fight Superman. Instead, again, jumping ahead... We have Batman who shoots one canister at Dark's at Doomsday, and that's it. What did what did Batman do in that whole fight? I did like the incorporation of Kryptonite gas, though. I did. You know, a la Frank but Miller. But do something else. Originally done by Green Arrow. Yep. But yeah, we're not gonna we're gonna get there. So blah blah blah. We see Lois Lane's titty in the in the bathtub. If you're really looking, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. He's always a big fan of Amy Adams. Then fast forward a little bit, we get to see the standoff between uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, which is kind of cool. We get to meet Diana Prince at the party where Lex Luthor gives the bad toast. Yeah, forcefully inserted. That's what she said. Wait, which one? Diana Prince or the... Both. So then we get to see Diana Prince and, you know, I'm after a picture. And we get to see all that. And Gal Gadot is, is gorgeous in the movie. Absolutely gorgeous. A little I, thin, I, but still hot. I wish they um used a little more mercy. She... You want to talk about too thin. Yeah. She looked like a chopstick. And that's not me being racist. That was that just came right off the top of my head. Yeah, they, they could have cast her better. And I, I wish, you know, she had more lines. Mercy is one of my favorite villain sidekicks in really? the... Yeah, just just the badassery of it, and uh... I mean, Mercy even in the comic book was huge. Like she was, she was like a chauffeur, but she was giant. She was like an Amazonian. Uh-huh. Wonder Woman. So then, finally, Diana Prince. Oh, oh, jumping. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Batman's dream, his other dream, not the one of him seeing his mom's grave and then the bats come out. All right, so Batman's dream, not the one of him seeing his mom and thing pops through and all that shit. We're talking about the um, the one where he sees Middle East, the Middle East, the giant Omega underground, the flying demons from Apocalypse that showed up. Yeah, whole sequence, stupid and unnecessary. Not necessarily, well, to me, not stupid because it was like, oh shit, there's a bunch of stuff about Dark Side that's cool because the flying demons and stuff. And yeah, but I mean, okay, Batman. I don't know how he dreamt it. Batman in the bat suit wearing a trench coat over the bat suit really yeah really that's his sand outfit you know batman has like a million costumes yeah so it was a, to me it was one of the most badass moments like you know you get him fighting off people stamping people's necks like the dystopian future of what would happen if superman were to be in charge that's you got to see where his mindset was like you know if we let these fucking capes run run wild we're gonna be fighting with them everywhere we go it's gonna be just a few of us standing up to the red masses. Yeah, I mean, 
I get that, but I mean, you didn't have to drive that point home. And I really wasn't convinced, like, even with the dream sequence, that was a legitimate position that Batman would normally have. The other part is, Alfred is always right. Yep. I mean, he, he was right about, you know, Superman is not the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and Batman, the detective that he is, should have seen well enough to know that. I like to prepare. Yeah. I like to expect the unexpected. I like to brand people because I'm Batman. I bet. That was kind of dumb. I actually like that, but that's just me. So then, he wakes up from the dream, and who's there? But a fucking boom tube with the flash in it. That was cool as shit to me. Yeah, with the flash with a motorcycle Iron Man-ish helmet that kind of opened up. That, I was just like, oh, really a boom tube? Like, is he going so fast that he's traveling? It reminded me a lot of Crisis on Infinite Earths, where the flash was just bouncing through time and was almost uh, just showing up. He'd say a few words, nobody knew what the hell he was talking about, and then he'd fall away. So that was cool, and it was cool that he said, you know, find Lois or or find her or something like that. What, he said find Lois, right? She's the key. Yeah, she's the key to everything. Which she really wasn't. Not yet, because memory is like, oh, I'm too early or something. So that was, I actually really, really like that. Here's what I didn't like. Batman looks at those four symbols. Well, okay, so before that, he, you know, they, did we talk about the party? Yeah, oh, Gal Gadot. And, well, oh, I didn't mention the, uh, him hacking that. Yeah, okay, so the one thing about the scene, I appreciated that they realistically had a server room. It wasn't some impossible mission bullshit where he had to swim underwater, <laughs> climb over the ceiling, and walk backwards through a room dressed in white, you know, to just to get to the computer. It, it, the computer was in a normal closet, like it's supposed to be. I didn't really like the whole, we stole it from Ocean's Eleven, clip this random thing, bat thing, onto a wire, and we can steal all the data off the servers, because... That's not how that works. They're magical computer shit that does that kind of stuff. Not the, you know, I can throw out my suspension of disbelief, because obviously there's a flying alien in the movie, but I appreciated some of the realism and not other parts. So then... And then, and then Wonder Woman's gonna come along, oh, I know what this is, I'm just gonna steal it. Yeah, I'm borrowing it. I was like, you could take whatever fuck you want with your open back dress, which is hot. So, we should do Gal Gadot versus Amy Adams. Hmm. So anyway, at that point, it's really about preference. Redhead person for that. No, Amy Adams is chestier though. The accent puts her over the top. That's true. But Amy Adams can do an accent if you've ever seen uh, American Hustle. I have not seen American Hustle. When it's on your DVR, you'll watch. I appreciate Amy Adams being classy, the kind of classy that makes you want to corrupt classy, (laughs) which is pretty hot. It's almost like the whole school school girl thing. Squirrel girl? Squirrel girl. So then, okay. So jump back to he wakes up from his dream. There's his laptop with the four icons or whatever. Now, here's my problem with this. And I I wondered how they would roll all those superheroes into this one movie. Yeah. I think that was a shitty cop-out. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, First off, that was made just for the fans, which you don't have to do that. Having the symbols on there enough, I think, was awesome. And here's where I think Wonder Woman was unnecessary in this movie. A, the best thing that she did in the fight. I mean, she... She held her own in the fight. I'll give her that. She she did. She actually did a lot more fighting than I thought she was gonna do. But it took away from Batman. Like I, to me, it was like Batman could have been hiding in a corner somewhere. Yeah. All he did, I mean, he went to go save Martha and stuff, and then came back, you know, in an instant, which was convenient. We'll get to that. But you didn't really need Wonder Woman in this movie. And for all the people that are like, oh, you know, you needed that thing to make him, because we're just like, oh, well, he needed to believe that there were other people out there. I'm like, well, you could have had him watch the video right there, like he did, and see these pictures of, oh, there's, you know, that chick that I saw. There's that chick that I saw a couple years ago. Holy shit, it's that chick that I saw from 1918. She must be an immortal. She must have super powers too that's crazy i just had a guy's face just come at me from a wall and tell me that i'm too early for something that shit is crazy there must be superpower people and have the other three files be corrupted and you can never open them just, but just so that people are like holy shit cyborg and aquaman and the flash are going to be in the next one to have wonder woman playing those things later on at the climax of a fight completely unnecessary completely i was like no this is not when you open it if you wanted to open these exact same four fucking files, you could have done it when Bruce Wayne first went to sleep or woke up and saw the Wonder Woman pictures. Why wait till now? What difference does it make that you show now? You just had the Flash show up. Now is a perfect time to just show, hey, here are the rest of these people. So personally, it was... I don't know, I felt it was bittersweet. Yeah. It, mean, di- it didn't do much for me. It wasn't like, no. oh wow, so the Flash moves fast. Everyone knows the Flash moves fast. The Cyborg one was the best part. And Miles Dyson, you think, by now would know not to fuck with machines anymore. Sorry, Terminator 2 joke. But, uh, yeah, if they never told us that Wonder Woman, the Flash, Aquaman, 
and Cyborg were going to be in the movie, that would have been an awesome moment. Yeah. But because we knew that they were going to movie, and we were wondering the whole time how they're going to be in the movie, how they're going to be in the movie. That was a stupid way to write it in. And there's a part where they're by like a harbor or something, and I was like, holy shit, Aquaman's going to pop out of here because they still hadn't shown him. Like, this is where he's going to show up, and he's going to just like grab Doomsday and just sink him down into the ocean. He's just going to collapse from the water pressure. I, I thought he was going to come up with the spear. We'll get to that. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here comes Aquaman. He's going to come up with the spear and it's going to be perfect. No. <sighs> missed opportunity. Like, I, I'm not mad at the movie. Just a crazy missed opportunity. Yeah. Alright, so, we get to the part where Batman's chasing down these guys that we, he puts the tracking device on. He's chasing them all through the city. Blah, blah, blah. So he's chasing them through the city. And I didn't like the Batmobile at first. I did. I love this Batmobile. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Kevin Smith who talked about it, where he was like, that's the best a guy and his butler would be able to come up with. They're not car manufacturers. They were probably able to forge, at best, a go-kart with a good engine, and all the pieces were made by hand. You know, what was the Anton first, Batman and uh, the Batmobile and yeah. Batman? Who the fuck made that thing? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful car, don't get me wrong. I love the animated series version of that even more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, Lucius Fox, you know, and his son, they probably could have fabricated that kind of car, but... Well, I, I mean, in the comic books, there's a deaf guy, a deaf, deformed guy that takes care of the car. Like, that, he does all the maintenance for the cars and stuff, and he kind of uses them. But, whatever. So, he's in the Batmobile, he's driving around, chasing after these guys, and it has arguably the coolest moment... I love the doors. ...of the movie, yeah. The coolest moment of the movie, to me, personally, was when he turns that corner and Superman's just standing there and the light illuminates him and it slows down and you see the whites of Batman's eyes. Perfect acting by both parties of Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. And then the car bounces off of Superman without him flinching a muscle and goes careening into a wall. And to me, that was like, wow. You got these two guys seeing one another for the first time and both of them are just like, here we go. So then you had the standoff when he rips the doors off, which is a cool moment because you actually get to see them and they you know they're the exact same height they're one another's counterpart in terms of the hero world and it was a beautiful standoff moment both look swole as shit movie's too dark for superman it really should have brightened him up a little bit and then you know does the whole do you bleed and he flies off you will and it's cool that he says it almost knowing that he can hear him that he doesn't have to scream it out like you will because i would have been like wow that's really over the top so that's what it feels like Rachel. yeah that was a cool moment it, it was not the earth's finest heroes moment that i would have liked it to be where you know batman and superman are one-upping each other yeah like superman clearly thinks he's out of batman's league which he kind of is but batman you know puts the tracer on escape finds out he's clark kent how does he find out that he's clark in this one i think he just knows because he's batman but he doesn't do enough research to find out that his mom's name is martha we'll get to that bullshit actually i i didn't mind that that i actually for all intents and purposes i actually didn't mind okay so so now we got superman or clark kent arguing back and forth perry wyatt about i want the assignment of the batman we get lois lane talking about i want to go then we get the senator talking with everyone back and forth about peeing in a jar whatever and then they go to is it the capitol building yeah, or what? You know, whatever they they hearing yeah. some other bullshit. The Superman shows up. The guy in the wheelchair that we all know is gonna end up blowing the fucking place up. Which was kind of a cool scene when he when she turns the, the glass over and it says whatever the fuck it said. At that point, I literally got up and went to the bathroom, and came back, and just in time to see the explosion. I hated that they killed Mercy. Yeah, I hated the fact that Superman couldn't run and do something like just to show, like, look, I just saved fucking. Yeah, this guy died. Like, he could have super fast grabbed dude and just launched him into the air. Or just launched the chair. And, like, had that dude that was with the no legs. I have no legs. Had that guy just look up at him like, you know, you saved me. And it would have contradicted that entire hearing. And nobody would have had to die. And I know that's the struggle of, you know, Superman with this is, I could have saved him if I'd have known, you know, if I'd have been paying attention, if I was aware. Ah, fuck that. I'm so tired of emo Superman. I'm tired of Lois acting like, I don't know, to me, she seemed standoff. For no like you have fucking Superman ready to super fast do anything you want. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have saved me. Maybe you shouldn't get your ass in trouble every time. Like Superman's gotta be sick of that. Here's the other part that I don't like. When he's talking to Ma Kent and she says, Be the person that everyone needs you to be, be their hero, be their savior. Or be none of it. Yeah. You don't know them anything. That's too polarizing for anybody to say. That's like me saying, Would you like a cheeseburger? Or would you like a steak? Or don't eat any of it. Like, what are you talking about? That's no options that anybody should be given. If you're going to give advice, do it the right way. You know what, Clark? 
you have, and I'm sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a Spider-Man fan, but with great fucking power comes great responsibility. Is a perfect line for a superhero. Just leave it at that. Ah, fuck you, Martha Kent and Pa Kent. Fucking hide out from the world. Be emo, Superman. Fuck you. I think he plays a good Superman. The decisions by some of these people were is it's in the writing. Yeah. So I can't really be mad at Henry Cavill. He plays the role well. Like he's, what's written, he conveys it. Which I, I'm not mad at him at all. Same thing with Ben Affleck. Everyone was gonna like, oh, Ben Affleck's gonna suck. Ben Affleck was to me the best part of this movie. Yeah, that's why I said. Stay Standalone Bat movie, Batfleck movie, that it held on its own. So now we have we have the fight with oh we, no we have them making the uh, the kryptonite stuff, the staff, the uh, the smoke grenades, which was like you said, which is very cool. Well, no, wait a minute. So Lex didn't Lex get away with the uh, kryptonite? Yes, he got away with the kryptonite. And I forgot how Batman got it. He stole it. Yeah. Yeah, he broke into some place and stole it out of there and left a battering on the, oh, that's right. on the pedestal. And if that alone doesn't say something about the movie, I mean, the movie was... Lots of part of the movie were forgettable. Yeah, I don't like the fact that Batman has a contingency for people. I don't. Everyone's like, oh, that's who he is. He's untrusting. Why? Because a piece of shit killed his parents? Why the fuck does that make you untrusting to everybody? If his uncle killed his parents, then I'd be like, oh, fuck that. You know, I'm not being friends with shit. But some guy in an alley killed your parents. Pick on the Bad people. And I know he's all like, well, there's bad in everyone, Alfred. No, there's not always bad in everyone. Superman's all the time fucking good. Even in the times where he's corrupted, he still fights it on his own. You don't need a, the kryptonite shit. So him saying, I like to plan for the unexpected. At a point, I kind of get, but the death of your parents does not give you the right to judge everybody that you see. Eh. I kind of like Batman's uh, hypervigilance. I understand him being prepared for bad guys. I have this heat ray for when Mr. Freeze comes. I have an anti-umbrella for the penguin. That I get, but the little fucking gadgets that he has on his belt that he uses like once a week. He can't, like, what does he have for, like, for the Flash he has like, you know, some like temporal displacement thing. Give me a break. It's like James Bond. It drives me fucking crazy. Of course he has a defibrillator in his car when he's having a heart attack. Of course he does. Bitch. Oh. So anyway. Which, by the way, what a shitty house for Bruce Wayne to have. I like that. I like the fact that he's like, I can't be in that house anymore. Like, Wayne Manor is is not my home when my parents are here. Yeah, but I mean, Ferris Bueller's best friend's house <laughs> on a lake. He's can. <laughs> <laughs> he's laying in his bed. And Bruce was in Egypt when he wore a big trench coat. <laughs> You think that he had that whole speech when he blew up the fucking Batmobile? He's like, I'm gonna tell him. No, screw it. And like, Superman's like, you don't want the heat for this one. I'll take the heat. <laughs> no, no. I could have stopped you. You know, it is possible to stop the all-powerful Superman, you know. <laughs> Credits. Oh. How about a nice limo? Stretch job with a bar? We just made that movie so much better. Boom, boom. Alright, so. <laughs> uh, Steve McGuire is probably losing his shit right now. He's probably laughing his ass off. <laughs> so now we get to. Gets the letter in the mail talking about, you know, you let your family die. Who is, who is that from? Who are those from exactly? Lex. Okay. Because I remember he, him saying, like, you know, I, I left little notes. You leave little notes for him here and there. Like, he knew that he was setting Batman up to go after Superman. Because it was signed with Superman's name, right? Well, it was supposed to be meant for him to think that Superman sent him. I didn't, I didn't get that. I mean, I, think I was like, is this, is this Shades of the Joker? Because That's seems what like I thought it was at first, too. The same handwriting that was on Robin's suit? I don't know. So we have the workout montage, and then there's the giant metal suit, which David Merkel hated, but I liked because it reminded me of the Dark Knight. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. He moved so awkwardly in it. You know, it's kind of it was more. It was more astronaut than like Iron Man. But I like that. I like the fact that it's. I mean, if. If you watch the movie or read the comic, it's a hunky piece of metal. Again, it's something that some guys that aren't fucking engineers would make. Yeah, I guess that's true. So to me, you know, it's more function rather than what's the other? Oh, form rather than function. Like you need, you need this giant, powerful suit that's going to be able to absorb things. But it I doesn't like, have to look pristine. I, I liked when in Frank Miller, he, he really had the strength, not at Superman level, but, I mean, the ability to pick up, like, a large steamroller and okay. slam it at Superman's head. 
that. We really didn't get that in that fight sequence. He was able to stop Superman's punch. Well, after the kryptonite gas, though. Yeah. I think it was just one of those, like, it was meant to convey, like, look, man, if Super- I think this movie really branched on, if Superman wanted to whoop his ass, he could. But now here's this convenient kryptonite shit. Yeah. Which is going to happen every fucking time between those two fighting. It's never going to be a quote-unquote fair fight. See, and I think I think you could have had a better fight scene with all those sequences that, you know, were unnecessary. We could have extrapolated the fight scene with Batman, Superman. I really like the kryptonite gas. You know, I really like that. That line is the best movie in the line. The only memorable movie in the line was like, you know, if I wanted it, you'd be dead by now. You know, kind of, yeah, really. Yeah, but nobody wants to admit that, which sucks. I like the fight between the two of them. Again, the kryptonite gas is cool. But before we get to that, that was probably Probably the Jesse Eisenberg moment of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the... Okay, go ahead. The brilliance of capturing Lois. Of course, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, smart enough to figure out who Batman and Superman are, captures Lois, as one does when you're trying to get to Superman, pushes her off a building, but the real kicker was he kidnapped Martha, knowing that Superman couldn't do anything about it. And the whole sinisterness of him with the Polaroids and, you know, threatening to burn her and him not knowing the location. I actually thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I didn't like the whole... What what do you do with a with a witch? Like, dude, will you chill the fuck out? Just how about say if you don't find this mob, if you don't kill the bat in an hour, she's dead. The end. We're gonna burn her. The end. You don't have to talk in a fucking riddle. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Not everything has to be this great dramatic moment where you have to bleed up to have the perfect line to say something. Oh. God, it's like, will you shut the fuck up and just kill someone already? I mean, if you're going to go Riddler or weird or quirky, I think Tom Hiddleston would have been a better choice. I think he's already taken. So, what's the dude from uh, the boss and Kick-Ass? The other English dude? Sinestro? Yeah. Mark Strong? Yeah. I think he would have been a good Luther. Except he was already Sinestro. I think they wanted to make it like, Jesse Eisenberg, I think, is the same age as Henry Cavill and stuff. Like, they're all, like, they're they're on opposite ends of, of the same spectrum. I just still feel like you could have picked somebody better. So then you had, you know, the egg timer and stuff, and it was actually pretty cool theory. And then you had the the spear of destiny that he was gonna stab Superman with. Lois Lane shows up with a police chopper that she got from the Daily Planet. Yeah, and she explains to Morpheus, it's not for a story, so you're gonna tell me that you, and the whole time you go, where's Clark? Where's, you're gonna tell me you really don't know Clark Kent is Superman? So then. <laughs> And Lois shows up, she saves the day. She says, Martha, Martha. It's his mother's name. Your mother's name's Martha, too. Now we're besties. I like the whole, where do you know that name from? It's not, it's not guttural, like, it's, it's almost, it's almost Bruce talking. It's not, it's not the Batman. And I, I like that line. I know a lot of people hate it, like, oh, our moms have the same name. We're best friends. But it's just... I mean, how do you go, I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill him. You knew my mother's name. Well, it was enough to stop him for a minute. I don't like the fact that they're automatically, oh, now we're cool. But I think it brought to Batman's mind, to Bruce Wayne's mind, like, he has a mother. And why couldn't it, I mean, I know it would have made for no fight at all. Superman's like, look, Batman, Bruce, they're gonna kill my mom. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to say that first, and then he shot him with the, with the first, uh, what's it called? He shoots him, he shot him with something. Or he punched him already or something. And he's like, he's, he was trying to stop him at first and then it wouldn't be done. Because I said the same thing. I'm like, he better just swoop in, you know. I want to save his mom. Damn my mom. But unfortunately, he didn't do that. Whatever. So then they pair up and they go to go after Lex Luthor. Dark Side's there. Or uh, Doomsday's getting released from, he's getting unplugged from the Matrix. And he shows up, which by the way, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Lex Luthor having access to Kryptonian technology. That was pretty cool, but I still didn't like the way he went about it. Like slicing into his hand. Dude, get a fucking syringe. Just done. You Blood brothers. To, yeah, we don't need to slice your hand. Not Zack Snyder, you're a great director. You've done some amazing work. Stop being so fucking dramatic. You don't need that. There are smart people in this world. Lex Luthor has millions upon millions of dollars if not a billionaire you telling me that he has to cut his hand with a fucking knife he's a squirrely guy that plays basketball in his fucking building he won't want to cut into his own hand i don't care how gung-ho he is for anything liz is gonna kill us by the way it's like because she, she loved this movie mm. so then <sighs> i stand by my opinion it would have been a great batman movie just batman alone so that we get giant doomsday shows up. Now. The Ninja Turtle CGI ripoff. First off. He literally looks like a Ninja Turtle. He's too big. Yeah. Like he grabs Superman with two hands and lifts him up like I lift Sebastian. 
No, they're supposed to be the same height. And I'm not a stickler for that kind of thing, but it takes away from an even fight. Like, you want that even fight thing. It's, you want, you know, a squared off, let's fucking duke it out fight. That way, Batman could have done something too. But then, of course, he hits him and sends the first EMP shockwave, which I don't know where the fuck that came from. And then they send another one. So let's, before we get to the Doomsday fight. Okay. There's a whole sequence, the Batman sequence that I loved. Oh. With badass Alfred. Okay, so first, not a fan of this Batwing. No. Looks kind of shitty. Looks like a, a a piece that fell off the Megazord. Has guns. Yeah, Batman in this movie, for a guy that doesn't like guns, he uses a lot of guns. A lot of guns. Guns on the Batmobile, which we've seen, Anton first Batman. Oh, and fuck you to everybody that's okay with Batman killing people. But Superman kills a guy in the last movie and everyone loses their shit. Mm. Like you can't be okay with both of those things. But I, I loved badass Alfred, you know, and supporting Batman, taking over the uh, the Batwing, dropping uh, Batman off. I love uh, the whole Batman sequence, how he blew up the floor, takes out the guys, like the incredible... I, I really enjoyed that fight scene. The fight scene was longer and better than all the fight scenes of the Nolan vs. Batman. Yeah, and I, I wish the Doomsday fight scene, at least, we don't need the Nova Blast, we don't need the... you no, know throw him. some punches. Yeah, or, you know, if you wanted to go that angle where Batman got involved, I mean, Batman could have been accidentally setting Doomsday off by absorbing the energy from, like, grenades that Batman was throwing at Doomsday or something like that. You know, something along those lines. Yeah, something to show that Batman was participating in any of that fight. Granted, the fight scene that he had was the shit. I loved it. Yeah. It's very Batman-esque. And it's all in the culmination of, I'm a friend of your son's. Well, I guess by the cape. <laughs> and then Lois throws the Spear of Destiny into the water. Another shockwave goes off, and they end up sending rubble down, and it crushes over the water as Lois is under there. But before that, he grabs Dark so- Doomsday. I keep saying Dark Side, I apologize. Grabs Doomsday, flies into the upper stratosphere, and they nuke him. That is a great moment of this fucking movie. That I liked. Because the emaciated Superman, very Frank Miller. That was cool. And I was like, wow, they actually incorporated that into this movie. That's fucking cool. And rather than him getting his powers back from a flower like he does in the Dark Knight Returns comic book, he gets it from the actual sun because he's up in space. So that was a really, really cool moment. I was like, that was a smarter fucking play. Um, Then he flies back down to Earth. Wonder Woman shows up, she's fighting. Ah, sad, sad. Which, by the way, can we talk about how hot Christina Wren is? Underrated hot chick? Who's that? She the, was from the first Man of Steel. The she military chick? Yeah, she looked hotter in the first one. Yeah. For those of you who um, don't remember this girl, she was the one that said, he's so hot when she, you know, she's standing yeah. with the general. I just think and, he's kind of hot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated hot chick. Very much so. Very much so. And I'm surprised that she... Well, not surprised, but I'm glad that she got her role back. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's such a bullshit role in the first movie. I was like, oh... I think she's, she's a, like, associate producer or something. She's a, she's a movie producer. Really? I don't know if she had, like, a huge role in it, but, I mean, I got a figure her. that came into play. So then, then Wonder Woman shows up. Um, again, unnecessary. Not unnecessary because we don't need, like... I'm all for having Wonder Woman in this movie. I'm all for Wonder Woman, period. You know, especially since I had a daughter, it's like, let's get these strong heroines in these movies. Yes. But it's a Batman versus Superman movie. It should just been Batman and Superman handling this shit. You could have had, like, you had Diana Prince. You had the little Easter eggs of, holy shit, Wonder Woman's in this movie. And you had her being able to fly away. Like, her looking down and seeing that happening and wishing that she could have helped, but she can't, you know. And maybe it'll be something that could be revealed later on in, in her own movie. Yeah. Was, so it's not like I was saying take her completely out. Take out Wonder Woman from the movie. I was, her, uh, I'm sorry. I was a little disappointed that her plane was visible. I just think that you could have had it so that she still gets her Easter eggs, but have her big reveal be be in her own movie. Well, you know, that I mean, entirely that whole fight sequence at the end, I don't know what to say about it. It was not unnecessary. It did really, it did nothing for me, but, you know, show the whole, the Trinity together. I mean, okay, that was cool. We knew that was going to happen. They ruined that part in the trailers anyway. Again, Superman and Batman, not original members of the Justice League. Comic Cliff Notes, so... Dawn of Justice? I don't think so. But, I mean, they weren't going to do it without those two anyway. So, for me, you know, then fast forward, Superman, spoiler alert, after all this time, gets killed. Didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. That was a uh, pretty crazy surprise. Nice. I mean, we know that he's not going to die. 
I was expecting the the pillar with the cape on it, just so that they can get that iconic imagery on there from that the devil scene. Been, that would have been, been awesome. Fucking amazing. They missed the chance on that. Which we probably should have saw that coming with you know Doomsday and all. Yeah, um, but I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they're gonna kill Superman already. Still a shitty Doomsday model. I gotta say that it's worth saying again. That coffin was pretty cool. Coffin was cool. That's what I want to be buried of. in. But um, okay, can we admit finally now that he's dead and it probably shouldn't matter that everybody knew who he was. I mean, I think in the comic, you know, they kind of basically said, okay... Alright, this episode is Really Really Moments brought to you by Lim Insurance. For the moments in life when you find yourself saying, really... Really, make sure you're insured appropriately, whether it be home, life, auto, or porta potty. Give a Lim Insurance a call at 312 945 6254 or visit their website at aliminsurance.com. That's A L I M for a limb. Because they're not going to charge you an arm and a leg. Now, really, really, we can't admit Clark Kent is Superman at this point <laughs> because everybody, you should know. You should know. I love the fact that there's a blurb about him in. Uh... The Daily Planet, like... And Perry White's reading it. Two and a half hours you sat through this bullshit and you don't realize that Batman is Superman. Get the fuck out of here. Superman is Clark Kent. Or, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Batman is Superman? Um, those, those black velvets, man. Black velvets. That, that's a Superman was cool. It was unexpected. Um, I wish I, they had more iconic moments from that book. Um, I was... I don't know. It was a little uh, jarring to see Batman standing over Superman's grave because... It's the opposite in The Dark Knight Returns where Superman's standing over Batman's grave and I really love that line where it's like, friend of yours? I thought so. I thought it was actually really cool. I like that Batman's like, you know, we gotta look for the rest of these super power or metahumans. Yeah, that should have been, you know. But I still don't see it being a very Batman-esque Thing to say no like i i liken it more to wonder woman saying that and like bruce should have just turned and said do what you want i'm done and have him walk away and it'd be a question as to whether or not he's even gonna be a part of it yeah because it wouldn't be a very batman thing to do to be like we gotta look for everyone else let's find other people whose mom's name is martha now out of four stars out of five stars what would you give uh, you know i'll go three i might go three and three quarters it's not it's not a four to me. I know a lot of people are like, stop comparing them. But I feel like it's not better than any one Marvel movie besides like, I think it was better than Age of Ultron. Hi Maria, what did you think of Batman vs Superman really quick? I liked it, it was, it was okay. It wasn't... So, I gave it three and three quarter stars. I, I thought it was a great movie. And I, I want to look at the big, at the good parts over the, over the bad ones. I mean, it's 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 blaringly apparent that DC is really just trying to play catch up with Marvel. Yeah. Um, I want to say that I'm looking forward to the next one, but based on this, it's it's hard to get excited about. I really wanted to be excited about it. I would recommend going going to see the movie. I personally would not go see it again in the theater. Like like exactly, I absolutely agree. There are a lot of missed opportunities. There's a lot of things that they should have, could have, would have done. I mean, overall, it was a good movie. It was beautifully made. It's stunning. It's too dark. Well, I mean, it's DC. Yeah, but still, it's just it was too dark a movie. I think like, even even the parts in daytime. I'm like, you guys stop take extracting color from movies. I really think if it were a Batman movie and, you know, no emo Superman, I would have loved it. They, they could have extrapolated a couple scenes, you know, they could have filmed it a little bit better or edited it a little bit better, and, you know, if they took their time on some scenes and they got rid of some scenes, it would have been much better, but it was just, it's really hard to like this movie, and I really wanted to like this movie. I think if, uh, I think the script that Ben Affleck wrote for the Batman, I think that's going to be an amazing script. I think if he directs it any in any way that he's directed all his other movies that I've all really enjoyed, I think they're gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal and i think we can get away with a lot more awesome stuff i was hoping that this movie would get me hyped up for suicide squad yeah and it did not i'm i'm looking less and less am i looking forward to that movie correct i from the trailers i really don't like the way they portrayed harley quinn which i was excited about but i, I don't really like the way they portrayed her will smith probably a bad choice for deadshot glad he's in the movie not really a great deadshot or i mean from the trailers just judging alone from the trailers seems like there's too much going on i feel like they're too too busy trying to make it a fun movie which this is a movie that you could have made like suicide squad's a movie that you could make dark that's a movie that you can make dark that's a movie that you can make it not necessarily serious but i feel like they're trying to make it into guardians of the galaxy with the joke was it true that they uh, greenlit justice league dark with swamp thing and uh they supposedly did that guillermo del toro was making it yeah they supposedly did but i haven't heard boo out of it 
Has Guillermo del Toro disappointed you after the whole abandoning the uh, video game thing? Well, it wasn't because of him, it was because Hideo Kojima got laid off or whatever, mm. or got fired from uh, Konami. Then, because Konami owns Silent Hill, Guillermo del Toro was like, well, I don't want to make the game without Hideo Kojima. And then, I guess Norman Reedus was just like, looks like I'm not going to have a fucking video game. So that sucks. Yeah. No, it just hit me. They should make a Call of Duty perspective Contra game, where it's the same levels, the same like story, the same plot, first-person shooter, but very um, nostalgic of the original Contra. You can even make it 8-bit. I think that'd be awesome. So anyway, if you guys liked the movie, if you didn't like the movie, there are a lot of people I know that are bashing it. Like, I know it sounds like we're bashing these movies when no, we talk I, about again, it. No, Bat, again, Batfleck was amazing. Absolutely and, amazing. And I really... I, Keep saying it, but I mean, if he had a standalone movie, I'm looking forward to the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like, movie. if tomorrow they're like, you know what, we're going to just make a Batman movie, I'd be like, sweet, sign me up. Depends who the villain is, you know. I mean, you got the Joker with tattoos and shit and Suicide Squad, so we'll see what happens with that. A lot of people are saying that that's going to end up being Robin. Yeah, see a lot of And tattoos. I hope not. Yeah, because then you're kind of, you're losing the Red Hood, which is one of my favorite villains. Not only that, but you're losing, you're losing the opportunity to make Robin into... A great character. Like, you guys, they had such a build-up in The Dark Knight Rises for Robin. Well, it's rumored that Robin was actually Carrie Kelly in this movie, and they just cut her out. Yeah, that was bullshit, too. I thought The Rock was supposed to be in this movie. I don't know. Apparently, The Rock is officially playing Captain Marvel. I thought he was Black Adam. I think he might end up playing both roles. That'd be a little weird. I mean, Captain Marvel is just supposed to be a... It's not like Billy Batson. It's just a representation of the power of this guy so if you have a good and, and uh, evil power of, of him then it looked the same I guess mm. I think I think that'd be a cool way to do it like you know you just have one rock you know with more prominent pointy ears which I never understood why his ears got pointy he's a fucking human being that turned into a superpower guy what makes his ears pointy I don't know I mean I, I think pointy ears are kind of signature of villains in that yeah but it may it makes him look if you do it now it's gonna he's gonna look too much like Spock well I mean they did it with uh, Sinestro but Sinestro's an alien so that you can almost get away with and they change the skin tone I guess technically Spock's an alien too but <laughs> uh, <laughs> nerd conversations so let us know what you guys think that's all Fuck Pi U-T-G-H. Fuck spelled like Spanish rape, because there is no C. I know the rest of the of the You're Gonna Get a Disease crew probably has a lot to fucking say about this, but this is the best way, because can you imagine if we had more people doing this right now? It'd be fucking insane. I'm a little nervous to do any more movie reviews just because of the whole Star Wars backlash. Not just the Star Wars one, but even the Avengers 8th Ultron one. I mean, we got... That was a, a mess of a fucking show. In that a good a way. In a good way. That was, was a, good, that was a yeah, great show. It was so much fun, but even, like, listening back on it, I'm like, holy fuck, who's talking? Yeah, I'm I'm a little anxious to see, not Rogue One, but the next Star Wars. The, uh, the Boba Fett one? No, part eight. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys I told you so. No, you're not. All right, Army of Two, a little bit of a impromptu Batman v Superman. We could probably go on and on for days about this movie, but we'll return to our regular scheduled segments. God, you know, realize we have so many segments that we leave segments out of certain shows. I kind of like it, though. It's organic. Keeps people guessing. Helps with the listeners. Yeah, every once in a while we got to switch it up. Yeah. Um, didn't do podcast news today, but, you know, shout out to all our listeners, everybody following us, all the, all the new listeners out there. Blaringly obvious that people are binge listening, which we love. For some reason, Tuesday seems to be a very popular day to listen and download on nice. that just happened. So appreciate um, all the follows, all the listens, all the likes. Uh, leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. We like to think that our show evolves, caters toward the listeners. And this is a podcast that I record because I love podcasts. You know, if you guys want to hear something, you like something, you don't like something, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. We'll, we'll make more. And this is, what, what episode is this, 98? Wow, it's 98. Man. Hundreds coming up. Gotta figure something out. Yeah, we gotta figure something out for real. Shit, that might be the Pacini episode. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna love that. After 90 episodes. Alright, so make sure to check out all the other great, great shows on the Get a Disease Network, including You're Gonna Get a Disease, our flagship show with Nick and Luke. Something Gate. Stephen Michael Barta, SMPHB, and Jared J.D. Sampson, the sidekick. Uh, The Badge Dialogues. For more Sampson. With Mama Claire Sampson. Das Drugs. With Jonah and Nick. Yeah. The latest episode of uh, You're Gonna Get a Z, and I was a little, a little disappointed that Jonah wasn't on, but um, I'm getting through it. Dr. Jola, like Amy, it's finally nice to hear her. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen to those yet. I'm sure it'll be a good time. I'm probably 20 minutes in, but it's good times. A lot of interesting uh, topics. 
Listen to Taking the Bullet with Roman and Leroy. Rini came first with Roy Kinsey. We gotta talk to him about that. I I don't like that we can't download the shows. Yeah, I gotta talk to him about that. But listen on SoundCloud. But I mean, he's new to podcasting, so we'll learn some of our wisdom. Listen, uh, listen on SoundCloud, definitely, where you can also find our show, as well as uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic.com, Podbay.fm, Geeks-A-Go-Go. Matthew Montalvo just released an album called La Obra, which is a, uh, I believe it's a Spanish album. For the Obra? It's, apparently it's getting a lot of, it's getting a lot of plays and uh, a lot of people are picking up the album, so check it out. Listen to Tony Arjadon, who just released a track on SoundCloud. Find Red Novella, also on SoundCloud. Really great band. Michael Prez, the uh, frontman with Starter Kit, actually, different band. Does our theme song, of course. Support our movement, Fat Kardashian. Fuck all things Kardashian, that is. And promote Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah. who's going to be in Neighbors 2, which looks like it's actually going to be a really, really fun movie. I hope they do a Hit Girl reference in that. That'd be awesome. Ronnie and I got to figure out what we're doing for the rest of the night because the girls went out. Might be downloading Star Wars. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not used to free time. Should probably finish the podcast right now. All right, so signing off from the FCC that isn't the fucking Batcave. I'm Ronnie Sinio. Um, I'm Adam Flores. And um, that just happened.